welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the Internet's best radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about a new album from Illuminati Hotties called Let Me Do One More, and the first song is called Pool Hoppin'. is basically the solo project of Sarah Tudson, who's a very accomplished sound engineer and producer and has worked on a lot of other albums as well. She also plays multiple instruments and then brings in a raft of additional friends to help play backup and some of the specialty instruments on this record. Yeah, it's a delight to look at the credits and see her play everything and produce, and it sounds fantastic. The instruments are so tight, and the integration of that one person band with all of these often really accomplished collaborators, you don't get the sense that she's throwing ego around and she's able to bring in people delightedly, at least a couple of people who have played extensively with Lucy Dacus. It was awesome. And so it's great to get that kind of rich rock sound with such a pop sensibility. I think this album does need a little bit of introduction on the history just because I think it it matters that she came out with her first album, Kiss Your Frenemies, that was very well received, but she was on a label called Tiny Engines that ended up not paying royalties and breaching contracts and kind of screwed over a bunch of artists. And so, but she still owed them a second record. And so to get out of her contract, she got into a settlement where she would make the second record, but she didn't want to give them this one, which she had already been working on and really put her heart and soul into, to a record that was going to mismanage it and possibly go bankrupt. And so she came out with a second album called that she called a mixtape, mixtape called This Is Not The One You're Waiting For. And it was just kind of a fun, like 30 minute, less than 30 minute. It was very tossed off. And then this is the real record that she finally put out on her own imprint, Snack Shack Tracks. Yeah, which is easy to say fast, although I guess it's an imprint of Hopeless Records. So it's the best of both worlds where she's going to try and foster talent where clearly she has these connections in the industry and fantastic sense of fun, a fantastic sense of taste. And I think, yes, I love a joyful breakup song (laughs) is just the best. I love the metaphor of pool hopping as the kind of, hey, what's out there? Oh, let's dip a toe in here. What's going on here? And it's fun. It's uninhibited in a way that I think she's, what, in her late 20s now. But this has such a, like, I'm 23 or kind of vibe. Kind of vibe. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in LA. It's hot. Let's party. And 
with this sound, I, w- I want to join the party for sure. So the next song we'll play has a title that's difficult to pronounce, but Adam? Yeah, it's mm-mm-mm, oh-oh-oh, ah-yah-yah. There we go. Delight. I love that its title is its chorus. I love that the chorus is gibberish. I love that the verses are so silly. I love that she lets her voice go to this place that is so over the top, bratty and silly. And it, yeah, I, these first two tracks together, it puts me a giant smile on my face going to this record. Yeah, it's she has such a playful sense of fun that's also very earnest. It reminds me of kind of like La Tigra in the 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 kind of shoutiness of the vocals, especially in this track, and just the playful uh, absurdity of it. Yeah, and I love too that it's this very almost nonsense, silly song, and then randomly throws in democratic socialist critiques of the DNC. <laughs> just mix that in there because why not? I think this is the one where the this the video is hi I'm cute and singing and then gets a bunch of like slime dumped on her and it's perfect. I think it was an interesting choice that this was the first single off the album because it's so dissonant and the left turns of the instrumentation are so surprising that I think if you only heard this song you wouldn't really have a sense of what the rest of the record sound sounds like. But yeah, I think but that's it, great. It's enticing and I think it's I I think this is another example of where there's kind of interesting layered percussion happening. And when I read that, oh, before she was a producer, she actually planned to be a drummer until she got to college and then realized uh, maybe producing is what I mean to be doing, but had already been doing that like all through her teen years and like jazz drumming, like rhythmically weird stuff. And so you get all these very non-obvious rhythms happening that are a delight. So I think from these two very high energy kind of off kilter songs, we go a little more down the middle, a little slower, still pretty powerfully energetic on the next song called Need. That's with a kick.
like such a 90s throwback for me and I mean that in a positive way but the reason I wanted to include it in the songs that we talked about was because her voice is so different and you listen to the vocals on the song that we just played before this where it's kind of shouty and bratty and this is just a really smooth quiet melodic vocal and it really shows the versatility in her voice yeah the 90s sound with the beautiful vocals and I think there's another one a hey it's also the title is the chorus Mm -hmm. which is actually word this time this is another one where I I'm not sure it's less obviously gibberish or silly as the previous track, but it's also like, eh, I really am not even going to attempt to guess what these, the song is really about other than a feeling and her lyrics are able to evoke a, a feeling, even if I have no idea what the meaning is that they're evoking and it is powerful. And then to get that just, whoa, hard guitar. And yeah, it's the best of the nineties brought to today and, we're three for three on big smile tracks. Yeah, I would love to know which are like which of her performers played on each of the songs because I don't think we get credits with the individual songs. And some of the performers are folks I recognize, like Jacob Blizzard, who's Lucy Dacus's lead guitarist, and he's amazing. And I just I love the guitar parts in the song, and I know that she is also credited with some of the guitar, I believe. So yeah, well, there's so many layer guitars. I'm sure that everyone credited on guitar is playing on this yeah, track, that's and true. it's fantastic. And so I think going from here, the energy level continues to go a little more chill onto one of a pair of just utterly delightfully titled tracks on the album. This is called "Threatening Each Other Recapitalism." a lot of the charm of this album is the way that she's able to balance these fun catty songs that are very silly with real heartfelt emotional songs like this one where you really feel the feelings behind it yeah it is so quiet when it needs to be and then the energy builds up and i think it so captures that that struggle for meaning and connection in a world where you're 
demand is being manufactured and like, yes, you want to buy spit. You want to get, buy these drugs that don't work or the latest internet trend. It's just, there's so much here and it feels so like this, this, yeah, the struggle of being her age in this world and yeah, trying to find your way is really tough. And there is a sweetness here because you do get the sense of that she reached out and found someone who she really felt the connection with. And unfortunately it was under fluorescent lights, which is the worst, most horrible, most capitalist form of lighting. And yet she still is finding meaning out there. Fluorescent lights are the most capitalist form of lighting? Yeah, I think so. What are you basing that on? I want if, if you don't know. You don't... <laughs> I, I want to discuss that more after we're done with the podcast. I'm just curious. Okay, well, we can. This is our homework assignment for everyone listening. <laughs> think about why yeah, fluorescent think, lights. Think about that. This is or, your writing prompt. Or is there a more capitalist form of lighting? That's, again, it's an open ended writing prompt. But yeah, this, this song is, yeah, there's a deep meaning hiding in here with silliness. It's still a really funny track. And uh, this is, I think, the quintessential. A lot of the interviews, apparently, she has decided. I'm going to coin my own word for my genre, which is tender punk, which I think is kind of silly. And yet this song is that it has a real tenderness to it. And yet it is also punk. So it's silly, but I'm going to give her a pass because it's it's on point. The next track we're going to talk about is much more punk. It's called Joni, L.A.'s number one health goth. even a better song title just the title brings a smile to my face and the entire song is delight after delight it is so funny and it does a a great job of capturing i think a reality of knowing someone who is both an awful person and also you want to be that person (laughs) yeah sarah tudson is from the valley and lives in la and i definitely could see i could picture who this person is from i grew up in la and there's there's this category of person who's just too cool for school and also doesn't really have a lot of friends because they're too busy controlling the room yeah but she's really good at it (laughs) and uh what i love though is this song is so it seems like this jokey, silly, just all about the high energy party. And it's also, I think, structurally one of the most ambitious tracks on the album where there's an entire spoken word intro and then there's an organ solo. The second chorus goes in this weird stripped down rockabilly direction. And and the, the trumpets or horns oh yeah, there's in the a, beginning. Yeah, I think this may be the, the only horns I've noticed on the album. So it's a bundle of delights. It ends on this lovely discordant just like, uh, no, note of like, oh, yeah, this 
this person's awful just to remind you and it is a i guess this is about the middle point of the album and it's such a great temple for everything around it. it brings the energy up to another high level after i think some of the more low-key tracks on the record it's also just a song that i always sing along to when it comes on the rotation it's just it's so energizing and and so many of her songs are like that that just they they make you want to sing along yeah this is the one where oh this band that obviously haven't been able to tour on the album Mm -hmm. they are touring touring in the winter like starting in february and i think playing in san francisco in february 11th Mm -hmm. at the chapel so that's exciting and then looking back at like oh some of the songs of this record are so old that they were being played at the 2019 south by southwest where well we didn't see them and now i'm regretting we did see them actually how do I not remember that show? Uh, I'll, I'll show you a picture from it. it. There's there's a lot happening at South by Southwest. It was yeah. outside at Cheer Up Charlie's. All right. Well, I, I didn't remember seeing that show, but uh, <laughs> actually, I think that the, well, I saw a video of them playing a different venue that I didn't remember seeing them at. Anyway, I'm trying to desperately cover my ass, but uh, yeah, this is going to be yeah the sing along and dance along. Like I just feel like the crowd is going to go nuts, and they should because the song is amazing. The next song we'll play is called Kick Flip. track on the album and not just because it name checks my party beverage of choice Topo Chico but it's got so many layers to it and it's so rich in instrumentation and I think this is a song where it really demonstrates her skill as a sound engineer and as a producer that you hear the pedal steel and you hear these interesting effects that are that don't dominate the song. It still has that kind of 90s guitar vibe, but it's got so much richness to it. Yeah, it's got this great, just the the tempo is not too fast, not too slow. And after that number one health goth that was all over the place structurally, this is so simple where it's just a verse and a verse. And then it's kind of a chorus, but it's just kind of more of more energetic verse. And then we get that awesome guitar solo. And I think that that's, from the credits, I think that's Colin Pastore, who's also played with Lucy Dacus on the pedal steel, and it sounds amazing. And it's such a weird choice on this otherwise more straightforward track about just kind of being stuck and but finding ways to transcend that and remember the past and somehow make a future. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, and but it's I feel like again it's a song that seems like it's about nothing, and it might also be about everything. The pacing, I think, is also really well done in that it has these repetitive verse lines. Or, I mean, the the cadence is repetitive in the verse lines, and then it goes to the almost shouty 
chorus and just the way that it ramps up slowly is very effective. Yeah, it's a fantastic, you know, less is more a bit of songwriting and a fantastic addition to this record. So going from this, which is, you know, mid-tempo, but very energetic, we go into one of the really more kind of quiet and pretty songs on the record. It's called The Sway. Post that can't help but bite on your bullet. I slept while you were twirling and easy. Take scumption to be brave and empathic. Made sense to get your confidence polished with me. In addition to my embarrassment at not remembering having seen this band play live a couple years back, I'm also embarrassed that this song took as long as it did to grow on me. It's not as flashy. It's not as energetic. It's not funny. It's sad and earnest. And I just, my heart reaches out to someone who's going through a tough patch. Well, and and the the sway is just such a great and concise way of describing that push-pull relationship where like one person is leaning in and the other person is leaning away and then you go back the other way and how frustrating that is. You know, and it inverts where it's like for the first part of the track, it's all about, oh, you're leaning in and I'm leaning away. And it's weird because that's during this period where she seems super into it and this person is seems kind of not into it. And then in the end, it's like, no, she's leaning in even after explaining why maybe she shouldn't. I also think it's an interesting choice as someone who is a trained and expert drummer that she chose this kind of tinny, synthy, uh, you know, drum line, which is, I'm sure, a track. Yeah, it's a it's a fun choice. I, I, you know, listening back and realizing, oh, there are plenty of like real drums in here. Yeah. And yet the, the upfront sound and the through line on the entire track, and it doesn't really change up. It just kind of keeps going and plodding along. And it's, yeah, I don't quite know how to interpret it, but it's a fantastic artistic choice that makes this song more, even more interesting and just more of a standout. And uh, again, I'm sorry, it took me this long to get to but now I'm on board with this track big time. And I think the vocals are what really sell it. And there's a line in this song that it it takes gumption to be brave and empathetic. And I feel like that's really communicated with the close mic vocals and the way that her voice is even a little off tune some of the time that it just feels very uh, genuine and heartfelt and not polished. And I think that conveys the emotion so well in the song. Yeah, there's this really strong guitar line that's just kind of this repeating up down up down up down pattern and then her voice is whispered yet strong it's yeah it feels so intimate and yeah you don't have to be allowed to be powerful 
and yeah, that's the, you know, amazing thing about this record that the loud tracks are great. And then these quiet tracks are phenomenal. She's a great songwriter. She, the words can just sound cool and just give you a feeling without having a lot of meaning here. I feel like there's incredibly dense meaning and she does both kinds of songwriting there. Uh, her, you know, her versatility as a singer, her pulling of people in her broader artistic community to work with her and inspire them to do great work with her. It's uh, really inspiring. And you imagine, oh, her, you know, imprint, you know, there's a reason why this record label said, yeah, you can set up an imprint on a record label because we trust your ability to find good artists and inspire them. <laughs> and it's fantastic that, you know, you do get on some level that she's just getting started and yet now she's in this place to do phenomenal work going forward, not just with herself, but with other artists. So great. Yeah. And the, the last track that we'll play is called growth. And the, the, the very end of that track is she says, let me do one more. And I think she means one more take as the title of the album. And I think that flows through all of the tracks on this record that you can see that this is someone who, would never be satisfied with the first take. Like all of these songs are so layered and even the songs that might come across as simple on first listen, when you listen with headphones, you hear all the instrumentation and all the changes up in the tone and the way that she plays with the production in ways that really add depth and make it such a richer sound that you kind of don't expect from someone who has only put out two or three albums, depending on how you count it. Yeah, but it's also someone who produced the drum sound on the Hamilton cast record and a bunch of other amazing work. And I love that, you know, in an interview she talks about like, yeah, I recognize what a perfectionist I, I am. And so there are cases where for some of the tracks, she said, I'm going to let someone else engineer this because if I, if I do it, I'll never actually finish it. And so she has that self-awareness to be perfectionist when she needs to be. And also to step back and let someone else just get the thing out the door <laughs> yeah. and not overdo it. And that's a remarkable maturity as an artist. I didn't come up with this idea. I read it in some of my research on this record. But the title does a great job of the duality of the songs in this record where Let Me Do One More could be like taking another shot or like some, something that has kind of a party feel to it, which is reflective of the party sounds. But really, it's taken from this perfectionism of I want to do it again. I want to make it perfect. I'm striving for perfection, which is a, such a more humble and heartfelt expression that reflects the more earnest songs on the record yeah it's a real standout as we come into kind of the cold months this is a warm record to warm our <laughs> hearts warm our ears and it's just been a pl pleasure to get to this and finally uh, it's fantastic so we'll go out with that last track growth and you've been listening to for the record thank you so much for listening we've been discussing let me do one more the new record from illuminati hotties of sun.
This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.